Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Peter 2, 1 through 12. There is still one just random conversation back from my college days, a Monday afternoon that I still distinctly remember. A group of us was hanging out and talking in our dorm, Hotchkiss Upper Front, and we were talking about our Monday night plans. Well, my plans were I had night class. I was going to go to Judge Crawford's constitutional law class. That was my major back in college. And one of the guys on my wing, Adonis, he, he said, you know, do you like constitutional law? And I was like, yeah, I do. And then he, th- this is why I remember the conversation because of what he asked next. He said, do you crave it? And I was like, whoa, th- that, that's interesting. And at the time I would have said, yeah, I really am interested in this. And I think you know the difference between liking something and craving something. I mean, there's things in your life I could ask you, hey, do you like it? You would say, yeah. And if I said, do you crave it? You'd be like, "Mm, not really. And there's some things that you'd be like, oh, I totally crave this. I can't get enough of this. Well, that's the question I want to ask you today about the Bible. I don't just want to ask you, do you like it? I want to ask you, do you crave it? Because that's basically what we're going to see that we are instructed to do today in 1 Peter 2. Uh, These may be familiar words to you, but it tells us in 1 Peter 2 and verse 2, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. Or it could be even translated that idea of crave, crave pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. And you often hear people say, you might have noticed it doesn't say uh, the word in there. It doesn't say long for the word. It doesn't say crave for the pure spiritual milk of the word. Uh, So why is this verse so often associated with the word? And that's where it helps to have context. Just go back to what we read yesterday. Put your eyes up the page or the screen, if you will, in your Bible and look at what it was just talking about, how you have been, uh, it says, born again, not of perishable seed, but of the imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. And that this word is the good news that was preached or proclaimed to you. So that's where we get this idea that this pure spiritual milk we're longing for, it's this this word that was just talked about, the word of Christ, the scriptures, the gospel. This is what we are to crave. So that is the point I want you to really get out of the reading today, these 12 verses that we're doing here in First uh, Peter. And as we dig a little deeper now, What we're going to see is the beginning and the end of our passage today really tell us a little bit more about what this craving should look like. And then all the things in the middle are going to give us more instruction on why we should crave the word. So let's start with the what. What is craving the word going to look like? And one thing that you should notice, at both in the first verse and that those final two verses, is that craving for the word is going to look like 
uh, really seeking to stop sin and seeking to avoid sin. You see that in verse 1. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Now, he was just telling them to love each other. And so all of these things would be the opposite of love. Malice, that's ill will, deceit, lying, hypocrisy, envy, slander, all of these things we want to avoid. And so it's in that context and really there that as opposed to these things, putting away these things, we are instead supposed to long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. So that's one thing I want you to think about today. And even specifically, you should examine your own heart for malice or deceit or hypocrisy or envy or slander, ways where you are not treating others as you should, ways where your walk, particularly in how you're treating others, is not matching up to your talk. We are to put away sin or in verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. So there we are warned to abstain from the passions of the flesh. And you think of uh, things that could be characterized maybe by 1 John 2, the, the, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life. We, we are to stay away from these things, abstain from these things. Why? Because these things are waging war against your soul. That's why. But our relationship to the word should be drawing us away from sin and really promoting righteousness in us. Verse 12, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. That there's nothing truly bad for the world to say about you. That doesn't mean you won't be persecuted, but there will be no substance to it because you are abstaining from the passions of the flesh. You're living in an honorable way. And even your life is filled with good works, which I think speaks to more than just personal holiness, but really acts of of generosity towards others. Uh, So even though they'll persecute you, well, there's a purity and an honorableness and a generosity that they can't deny. And these things should all be the effects of craving the pure spiritual milk. So the question is, Is that the effect that the word has on you? And I want you to see if the word is not impacting your life, you are not using the word like God wants you to use the word. Again, we just saw this recently in James. We are not called to only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Are you seeking to do what the word says, even in your regular Bible reading and your regular Bible study? Are you seeking to apply what you are learning? So what you are reading in the scriptures leads to less sin, less malice, and more generosity, more holiness in your life. And when when we realize that, it should re- create kind of a chain reaction. I love verse three, where it tells us, After commanding us to long for the pure spiritual milk, it tells us, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. It says, you have tasted something and now I'm going back. And if you think of foods, right, 
that that happens. You know what that's talking about. Maybe you try something new. Maybe there's a new recipe that you try in your house. And you're like, oh, that's good. When are we going to have that again? Or there's a new restaurant uh, that you try, or there's a new snack for sale at, at Costco that's in the pantry and, and you've tasted it and it's good. So you keep going back for more. That's the idea. It should be with us in the word. We've tasted that the Lord is good through his word and especially through the sanctifying effects of his word. So we keep going back to it because we've tasted that it's good. So now we want more. We crave it. So that's what the craving should look like. This desire for the word and really a desire for the word to have its effect in us of sanctifying us, taking us away from sin and promoting righteousness in us because we have tasted and seen how good that is. Now, the middle of the passage tells us more of of what this or or why we should have this craving and why in particular uh, we should seek to have that effect of the craving of a more holy life. Well, it's because uh, we are, verse 5 says, like living stones, and being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Because God has a purpose for us. And it's all based on Christ. You get to the the quotes there in verses 6 through 8, right? It's all based on Christ. He is the cornerstone. But we are meant to be built up, built up into a house built upon him. And it says more about that in verse nine, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possessions. And here's a purpose statement that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you have a purpose, a purpose really to declare who God is and how great God is, how excellent God is. That is why God has saved you. And that's why you should crave the word and the sanctifying effects of the word, because you want your whole life and your words to be a proclamation of the excellencies of God. Because verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And this should ring some bells if you've read through the Old Testament, particularly the book of Hosea. Remember, Hosea is told to take a wife that is a prostitute. And the children that are born through that marriage have significant names. And they have really beautiful names. These are the names that were given not my people and no mercy. Those were the names that God told Hosea to give to these children. But now we see the echoes of Hosea here in first Peter that no, now in Christ, you have received mercy. You are God's people. What an amazing thing that is. And so It's based on that, what God has done for us, that he has brought us out of the darkness and into the marvelous light, that he has brought us in to be his people, that he has shown us mercy. And there's a purpose to all of that so that we might proclaim his excellencies. Because of all that, we should crave the word of God. So that's my closing question for you today. Do you crave it? Do you crave reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and not just so you can add information to your head so that you may be more holy, so that you may be more pure, so that you may be more effective in pointing people to the excellencies of Christ. 
Do you crave it? Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.